Hey, this is Amy Souter, your host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. And we have with us today, Christy Mather, the Vice President of Food at Curious Plot. And you're based, normally you're you're in based in Portland, Oregon? Yes, I am. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah, today we're talking from uh, San Jose, which I was here for a meeting. Um, but yeah, still on the West Coast, which is great. And you've been in food marketing and communications for since about 2006, starting with yeah. USA Pairs. Yes. Yep. Started with USA Pairs. That was my entree into the produce industry. And um, really, like as everyone says, gets bit by the produce bug and um, have been in it ever since, luckily. <laughs> so before we get into our um, the meat of the topic um can you tell me a little bit about what it means to do food marketing? Like what uh, the deliverables are, like how you help companies? Oh, great. That's a great question. You know, a lot of folks think that uh, food marketing and produce marketing is um, different than any other kind of marketing, but it's not. Every tool in any marketer's toolbox is available to food and produce marketers. And we leverage those at Curious Plot for sure. So we're running omni-channel campaigns for our clients who are mostly in the food and agriculture space too. Um, I happen to be part of the food team at Curious Plot. And then there's other um, agricultural teams too that work on the other side of the farm gate. So our team works on what happens um, for to help um, stimulate consumption and demand on the other side of the farm gate. Well, that's great because that's what I focus on more since I focus on the retail end. Um, right. So... Um, yeah. And then the deliverables can be what video we said omni omni channel. So that's like yeah. media, email, web apps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Video uh, advertising, that? marketing, uh, merchandising expertise, sales enablement, even on that side on sort of the B2B side. And then we want to be a part of every part of, of consumers day, right? So whether they're listening to Spotify, whether they're watching YouTube ads, whether they're scrolling social media, reading magazines, you know, um, watching television. There's so many different ways that we can touch consumers. Um, and so deliverables really run the gamut. Okay. And the focus of our chat is all about what is the return on investment that produce retailers or supermarkets or people who focus on produce at the retail level, um, or also suppliers and brands, produce brands, um, what do they what are the tangible benefits that they're seeing from doing something with social media or effective social media um, right yeah um you know it really depends on what your goals are right so um really i think in a lot of ways most of us are trying to drive shoppers into stores um so so that they can purchase your product or shop you know the range of your store on the retail side um, and we coincidentally just last month um, polled um, some uh, co-op grocers. Uh, one of our clients at Curious Plot is National Co-op Grocers. And so we polled them to ask them what social media tactics are really working for them. And so I'm happy to share some of those details with you because we've we've heard directly from, from the co-op grocers what is working. Um, and there's a whole host of things that are working for them individually. And it, it really does depend on what their goals were, right? So, um, you know, some grocers said that having recurring promotions works really well for them. Like 
Taco Tuesdays or Sushi Wednesdays or whatever it might be, you know, reminding folks, uh, you know, on those days of the week that, you know, they have specials during those days, whether it's, um, you know, um, buying the ingredients you need to cook at home or purchasing things that are, you know, re almost ready to go. Um, so having those promotions really are, are timely and help people kind of get into a schedule and get into a habit when they're making their purchasing decisions. So that's one recurring promotions is key. Um, Another one that is working really well to drive shoppers into stores and get people to feel more connected to their stores compared to the competition is showcasing the folks that work in the store, right? Having them be at the, you know, the produce in the produce department saying like, wow, we have perfectly ripe melons here today. Come on out, get them. You know, they're wonderful. Slice it on camera, you know, post that to your social stories and get people to get really hungry for the produce that you have in stock. You know, why is it special today? Why is it great today? Why is today a perfect day? The sun is out, you know, come on out and shop. <laughs> Um, we also talked about, um, you know, showing the value of things. If you have something on special, um, you know, kind of show exactly what, why, um, the price is special right now. Um, it's again, timely getting people to come and shop, you know, in a timely manner. So that's one thing that we're, that we're looking at, um, here too, for those co-op grocers. And then, you know, um, Offering uh, social only promotions is something that's working for co-op grocers. So show this post for 10% off. Again, that is a really quick turn promotion that gets people in store. You can see that it's working because they're bringing their phones and saying like, hey, I'll take that 10% off. So there's a lot of reasons that people kind of like when they're scrolling social and they feel a prompt and they feel like there's a reason to come into the store um, sooner rather than later, those things are really working for co-op grocers. So those are the, the things that really bubbled to the top. Um, another thing that's working tactically is um, remembering that your um, organic, your regular day-to-day -day social posts that you um, put out um, are really reaching your existing audience, right? So, um, and people that are actively using um, social media. So, you know, when you're putting those out, that's great. That's reaching your existing audience. But if your goal is to grow your audience, the best thing to do is invest even a little bit into some paid media, so, you know, getting your your um, your posts and your information and your ads out in front of maybe your competitors audiences, um, that's a good way to go to get people to kind of learn about you, grow that awareness about what you're doing and what you what your offerings are and your whole vibe um, and getting people to consider you potentially over competitors. How do you know the all these strategies are working? Like you I guess watch, the the, yeah. the one where you show the social media posts, they might they probably track that. Um, but like, yeah, how do they know those those different strategies are working? Well, hopefully, you'll see increased increased foot traffic in the store, right? You could see engagement in posts. Like, I picked up those melons today. Thank you so much for this post. That was wonderful. You know, there's some anecdotal. You know, you can also look at your your measurement tools within the social media apps or if you're using a third party app, you know, um, that those work, too. Um, and for co-op grocers, they tend to be smaller and local and community minded. So they do, you know, have those folks coming in and saying, like, thank you for posting about this. You know, so, there, you know, that is one thing that's different when you're when you're larger. There might be different ways that you measure where you're saying, like, OK, using your measurement tools within the apps. Um, what are you seeing? How much traffic are you seeing? Are certain posts doing better than others? Are people engaging more? You know, um, that's one way that you can see for sure. But, but otherwise, you know, it's, it is hard to track. You know, it, it is hard. But 
Um, when you're getting people into your marketing funnel to get from awareness down to consideration, down to that lower funnel activity where they're actually making those purchases and coming back for more, it just helps to know that social media is at the, that top end where you're generating that awareness, right? So that's how you're getting people to come in. So this is your way to get people to enter into your marketing funnel so that you know they become um, hopefully one day loyal shoppers. Oh, so what is this? Is this like a three-pronged funnel? Like awareness, then consideration, then purchase or? Yeah. Then it gets to be where they're actually making that purchase decision. So awareness would be where they, where they're aware of your store or aware of your product at the very top of the funnel. You know, maybe they weren't aware before or weren't aware of all your features and benefits. And then in consideration, you're, you know, if you're doing it right, you're moving them along with you. Like first this product exists, (laughs) then you're getting down to consideration. How does it fit into your life, right? Like what, if it's Taco Tuesday, everyone loves tacos, right? Like Tuesday, it's today. You know what I mean? It's a great day to do it. Um, And then getting down to that lower level where they're actually coming in and making the purchase, right? That is the the conversion, you know, as you get lower down the funnel. And then that loyalty and your audiences are that size. That's why it's a funnel, right? Awareness, you can have a lot of awareness, but then is it right for a certain amount of people Uh, for the, you know what I mean? So then eventually you're getting down to the place where there is that loyalty um, and people are coming back for more. So you're thinking back that repeat purchase. And that's how you keep things fresh. You know, you continue with that loyalty. You continue with these social posts. You become a place where people know that they're going to get great information and get hungry looking at your content and go from there. Oh, Oh, wow. I really see that in my own, with my local, um, local pastry shop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they, they always come out with these crazy, cool new desserts. And I see them on Instagram and they're like really nearby. So I'm just like, oh, I want to, and I know it won't last forever. They won't always have it. So I'm like, I got to get it while they still have those. Yep. And yep, for better or for worse, I have one of those in my neighborhood too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they've created a loyal, there's, I've gone to the fourth a uh, holy grail of, of loyalty they can count yeah. on me. <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh, but like we want that for you know that Trader Joe's level of loyalty for other supermarkets and grocery stores yep. and co-ops and um ways that you buy produce. Um and I know I mean Trader Joe's is not known for produce. They're not not known for it, but that's not like what everyone freaks out about as much right it's all the snacks and uh crazy frozen food things and um unique stuff and their great branding um and prices produce can take a cue from that too though because what trader joe's does is they they keep things relevant they keep things exciting they announce their new products they cause a lot of buzz about it they make great stuff you know what i mean so if you're if you if you're trying some of those products it's really fun to try new things but that's the story that they have to tell and it happens to be in a product but what is the story that you have to tell about produce right um in season ripe you know where did it come from um what is the story behind it how does it fit into seasonal recipes so it's more of like Trader Joe's isn't the only one that has a story to tell. Produce has oh. a story to tell too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm originally from Florida, South Florida, and I know Publix has a cult following or, or whatever you call it, like a big fan base um, that go maybe a little bit beyond just, you know, this is where I shop. Um, and they're completely different from Trader Joe's. Um, yeah. I don't remember what 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 it i don't know what it is specifically but um 
Yeah. So we want, so the main goal, like when companies are just like, well, we have to get on this social media thing or we've been doing it and we're wasted. We don't have time. Um, and you know, it's just another added tech thing we have to do on top of like our main job or whatever. Um, we don't have a special person to do it. And so then they hire like someone like curious plot. Right. Um, or not some a, a business like Curious Plot um, to handle it for them, or are there different levels of of involvement? What like either advice and suggestions, or you just do it, or what? Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there are a lot of ways to tackle social media for companies of all sizes and brands of all sizes. I mean, you know, you could could have a, a single person, you know, um, like for example, at, at a co-op, you could have a single person that's really responsible for social media and they're planning a calendar, right? It's an editorial calendar, just like you doing me, you know, you're planning your stories, you're getting what you need to, to produce those. Um, and that, you know, having those regular promotions is really helpful for filling out that calendar, right. And your, your customers and, you know, start to anticipate what those special things might be like the bakery. My bakery is on Saturday mornings. They post a picture of what they have and they show the knife going right through that that wow. beautiful crispy croissant crust <laughs> hazelnut coming right out it's like oh my gosh I gotta get over there you know yeah um, but we can do that too right so so planning ahead planning a content calendar sort of having those recurring promotions that that folks can expect but also surprising them and interviewing the the folks on staff so that can be a single person job it can be an add-on to someone that's that's enthusiastic and talented um, and, you know, responsible for that. But it can also be an agency that's really planning just like we do. We have a very sophisticated process. We have all the tracking tools that we invest in as an agency. Um, we have a whole creative team that's producing every type of content possible for social media, from static to video to um to um, additional, um, all, all kinds of con- ads and all kinds of content that could go on there. So, you know, copywriting, all that go- goes into it. So you can put as much into it as you want, but don't, don't be intimidated. It's better to be at the party than not at all. Okay. And um, so the rewards when the company is like, I'm spending all this money or time or time is money um, on this. And what are we getting from it? And mostly it's awareness and you can see how many people uh, you could see all the analytics of on social media of how many people are looking at it or engaging with it or all the different metrics. Yeah. And that gives you like an ROI on awareness, like the first rung, which is the main purpose of social media or. I mean, that's that's the easiest, most tangible piece of it. Right. And then, you know, you're building a community, you're building that loyalty, right. You're giving people reasons to come back. They're on the apps anyway. Right. There's some place that it's where they live online, you know, so it's just making sure that you're there, right. Making sure that you're part of that and that you can have that influence through great content and what you have going on. Great, timely content. Right. So you want to keep it, keep it going. And social listening should not be overlooked either. You know, you have followers, you have people that are commenting on your posts, like go out and, you know, just like other things that are ha- are happening in the community, be a part of your community. You know, I mentioned, you know, you're at the party. Well, you don't just walk into a party and just start sh- shouting things and leave, right? You talk to people, <laughs> you meet people, you listen, you engage, right? Same um, thing with social media. That's the social side of it, right? Otherwise you're just putting it out there. That's true. Like sometimes when someone has liked one of, my PMG posts or my personal posts, 
uh, and I don't know who they are or whatever, then I go to their profile and look at them and I'm like, oh, and then I should follow them. And then I get engaged with them, their posts. And yeah, um, exactly. So by the, by them re- reaching out and um, yeah, not just posting themselves and being done with it. Right. Is what you're saying. Right. Right. Uh, the party analogy is way more fun, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to you know, rephrase it in a different way to make sure that we got it understood. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. So that's like, um, how do you tell the, is there a way to measure or to tell the consideration phase? It's more about you're tailoring your content so that you're nurturing their journey from awareness to the, you know, the final um, purchase where they're, they're actually making that, that buy. Um, so it is a way to tailor your content when you're thinking like this, we, we can't forget the people that haven't heard about us before. We can't forget the people that don't know a lot about us. And then you continue to kind of have that content that, that nurtures that relationship where they're getting to learn more about you. But again, how it fits into their lives, right? Like how your product or how how your store is a solution for them, how it aligns with um, their needs, with their values. You know, that's where things can get really interesting in terms of your content, right? Because you're going beyond the basics. You're going from the 101 to the 201 a little bit about who you are and what you do and what you have to offer. Hmm. Okay. Um, what else do you think is important if we're trying to focus on the results side. I mean, I know there are just classes and workshops and so much about the strategy of how to do this, but, um, but I'm really trying to focus on the result of all of this when it's done well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say I made this post, I made $500, right? Like, that's, <laughs> right. That's, that's what that's I want you to say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what a lot of people want to get to, right? Especially everyone's boss, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that with any marketing tool, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's part of the ecosystem of yeah. all the things that you do to, to drive your success, right? Um, no marketer should rely solely on social media. You know, um, it's that's not the tool, but it's a very nimble tool, right? It's a way to pick up, pick up into trends. It's a way to have one-on-one conversations with folks. It's your customer service. You know, it's so many different things, but it's not the only thing. And and so it's really difficult to attribute, you know, one post to, you know, $1. Um, but you know, you still want to be able to measure. So you benchmark and you look again at the things that are meaningful you, to you. Is it to sell more of a certain thing? Is it to draw, draw more shoppers? You know, is it to, you know what I mean? You, there's so many different ways that you say like, okay, what am I trying to accomplish here with all of my marketing, you know, uh, programs? And are they working? Am I, am, is the needle moving on that at all? And how can I make sure that these are that these are working? But within the the, con- the context of social media itself, you do want to be benchmarking. You want to look and see like, okay, where you started. Are you growing your followers? If that happens to be your goal, <clears throat> excuse me. Are you um, uh, increasing the number of views of your content? Are you increasing the number of um, people that are engaging with your content? You know, are you hearing from those folks on those special, like show this, show this uh, post and get 10% off, you know, like keep track of those. Don't just let it, don't just do it and say like, I wonder if it worked, you know, keep track, you know, um, make sure that you're measuring that and you can, you can decide for yourself if that is something that you want to keep doing. And if it's, you know, if it's working for you. Great. Okay. Um, 
Any final thoughts for ret- retailers, produce managers, buyers, directors of produce su- at supermarkets um, <laughs> or or all the other people involved before that point? <laughs> I would say Just- the other piece of it too is that, you know, I, I know that our uh, clients that are on, more on the supply side or the generic promotion, like the National Watermelon Promotion Board, the Mushroom Council, that kind of thing, you know, they have great assets. They can make a social media manager's job very easy, right? With great information, fun facts, all that is there for the taking for folks that are trying to promote products. That's what it's there for. So, you know, if you're looking at a content calendar and you're a retailer trying to decide what to slot in and wondering, uh, you know, look at what's in season, check out what, what resource are resources are available for that. Um, you could find photography, video, you can amplify, you know, other, other, um, people's posts, you know, other groups posts, like, there's so much great stuff out there. Just amplify it. You know, you don't have to do everything all on your own. You don't have to create everything from scratch. So just know that there's resources out there and take advantage of them. They're free and they make your life easier. <laughs> all the boards and associations for different uh, fruits and vegetables, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And brands too, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Some the really savvy ones. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, this has been helpful. And um, now I know the the funnel, the marketing funnel. Uh, <laughs> idea. That's, that makes sense. Um, I think that's it. Great. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for, for um, including us in, in this piece. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And good job with the, the mushroom council. Um, I mean, <laughs> I just hear so much about uh, mushrooms just seem super cool. And I probably a lot because of, your agency. <laughs> oh, they're a dream to work with. Mushrooms are so relevant to everything that people care about right now. You know, flavor is always number one with any kind of food. Uh, sustainability, you know, is, is important to folks. Um, versatility, you know, um, plant-based option that still is savory, you know, so mushrooms are, are pretty much a dream to get to work on. <laughs> and our household now makes blended burgers at home because of the blend burger project and everything I learned about it. Oh, that's awesome. And they're delicious. They, they taste great. I mean, you know what I mean, they taste better to me. I can't tell that there's mushrooms in it and it just tastes even more savory than it did when it was all meat. Yeah. It, yeah. It's purely just culinary deliciousness, you yeah. know, and then I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah. And it's healthier. Yeah. <laughs> and juicier. I know. It's delicious. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I love them. <laughs> Health and sustainability aside, just for pure, selfish, like gratification reasons. Yeah. Flavor's always first. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just had to throw that in that just personally, uh, that's changed one of our, you know, household meals. That's yeah. awesome. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you. Well, cool. thanks, Amy. Hopefully I'll see you again soon. Yeah.